Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Say this when you pray. In essence, that's what the Lord's Prayer is, or more properly, the believer's prayer. It's what to say when we pray what attitudes to have, what concepts, what perspectives. It's not the prayer of Moses. It's not the prayer of Hezekiah, not the prayer of Jabez. It's the prayer the Lord taught. Twice he prayed it. Once is recorded in Luke, the gospel for strangers, the story of Jesus for those who have never heard of him. Jesus said, when you pray, say, short and to the point. The other time Jesus prayed this was in Matthew. Here Jesus was speaking to people who did pray, often loud, long, publicly. He said to these professional prayers, after this manner, therefore pray. Matthew's version has become the more traditional version of the believer's prayer or the Lord's prayer. Early believers seem to have prayed this prayer at least three times a day, not necessarily by rote, But in some form or fashion, early noon and eve, the Lord's Prayer was prayed. Why? The Lord commanded it. This is what you should say when you pray. Not just to mouth and memorize the words, but to catch the spirit and the meaning behind these words. Outside of the salutations at the opening and closing, there are only two parts to this prayer. The first part focuses on God. And it has three components. The second part focuses on our needs, and it too has three components. So say this when you pray. The opening salutation, our Father which art in heaven, our, not mine, ours, plural. I write a chapter of this on the book on prayer. It's our Father. Only 14 times in the Old Testament was the Lord called Father. Yet Jesus instructs us to pray, our Father, Abba, is the standard Hebrew word for Father. Jesus prayed this way too. Yes, the same one who said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father, said this. Jesus, our example, shows us the way. And if he prayed thus, shouldn't we also? When we say, our Father, we admit that we are little children. We are dethroning self and becoming as tiny, innocent ones, in the presence and power of a loving dad. Jesus understood the source. His flesh, sinless though it was, wasn't the source of his power. His source, his power, his strength, our Father, which art in heaven. Oh, that we might become his children in this place today and every day. So the first part, after the opening salutation, and remember, there's only two parts. The first part is a focus on God. After addressing our Heavenly Father, Jesus said we should pray in three ways. Hallowed be your name. Since we have now become his children, we look up to our Father. We realize how powerful he is. We approach him humbly, recognizing his majesty. Let your name, your character, your reputation be exalted. Let your name be lifted up. Let your name triumph over all the gods of the earth. Let your name be proven more powerful than any foe that we face. Hallowed 
is your name. Only a mighty God can help this world. Only a mighty God can help you. Only a big God can put marriages back together again. Only a mighty God can bring an awakening to this dark land and heal and save and deliver. Hallowed is your name. Set apart, sanctified, holy, majestic in another realm is your name. As the psalmist cried, oh, magnify the Lord with me. The Lord wants us to focus on him at the outset of our prayers. Hallowed is your name. Thy kingdom come. The second thing the Lord asked us to pray for, Lord, we want your kingdom to come. In God's world, there is a now and a not yet. The Lord now rules secretly in our hearts, but his kingdom is confined there largely. But in the not yet, in the near future, his kingdom will become visible. The king will come to take his throne and rule over all visible and invisible. We are commanded to pray, let your kingdom come. Come, Lord Jesus. Let the future become the present. We should pray that the Lord hastens his return. Maranatha was one of the most common prayers of the early church. It was a greeting. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Thy name, thy kingdom. We're focusing on God, the first part of the Lord's prayer. When you pray, focus on the name, focus on the kingdom. And then here's the third thing. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Just before the Lord prayed this prayer, he gave us three ways that we become like our heavenly father. When we give, when we fast, and when we pray. But here Jesus says we should pray that earth mirrors heaven, that our worlds and everything in it will reflect what's going on in the heavenlies, that there will be a reciprocity. There is a reciprocal nature. What's happening in the heavenlies, it's happening here on earth. The Lord says, pray for that. Pray that that happens. It's so odd that when this happens, there is tremendous power. Joshua was wondering what to do about the walled city of Jericho. He lifted up his eyes, the Bible says, and he saw a gigantic man with a sword drawn. And Joshua asked, are you for us? Are you against us? The man, in fact, said, neither. I'm the captain of the Lord's angel armies. In other words, Joshua, heaven has its sword drawn. And so it's time for you to draw your sword in earth as it is in heaven. Why was Stephen standing that day being stoned? Because the Bible says he saw heavens opened and he saw one as the son of man standing at the right hand of God. If heaven is standing, earth should be standing in earth as it is in heaven. And what we bind on earth is bound in heaven and loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. In other words, nothing on earth is going to amount to much until we find out what is happening in the heavenlies. The front half of the Lord's Prayer, the believer's prayer, is a focus on God. But the second half focuses on our needs. Give us this day our daily bread. We've greeted our Heavenly Father, we focused on Him, and now we come to the petition portion of our prayers, our needs. We have had three adorations, Thy, Thy, 
thy. Now we have three petitions. The first, daily bread. Of all the things to pray for physically, they are reduced to this one line. Give us this day our daily bread. Why only one request for the physical when there are so many needs? Because Jesus said your heavenly father knows what you have need of before you ask. Jesus said that a man who doesn't provide for his own house is worse than an infidel with a God of all living do right. Of course, he provides bread to the hungry. Here we see Jesus as provider. Second component of this part of the prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Just as the outward man needs food to survive, it's suggested the inward man needs forgiveness to thrive. In the Lord's Prayer, Luke uses the word trespasses. Sin is an offense against God. Sin is trespassing into forbidden territory. Sin creates a debt with God. Learn the awesome power of forgiveness. To forgive is to be forgiven. So great was the need, so deep is the sea of forgiveness, that as soon as Jesus finishes giving us this prayer, he immediately turns back to this area of forgiveness and elaborates on it. Because Jesus knows us. He knows our nature, that we hold grudges, we fight back, we lash out. We would rather dish it out than to forgive. But Jesus also knows there is no other way we can be like him until we learn to forgive. And then this third component in man's portion of the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, don't let me be led into sin. Don't let me yield to temptation. Don't let the tempter and the trier of my soul have power over me. Deliver us from evil. It can be translated the evil one. This was the great intercessory prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ in John 17. Don't take them from the world, but keep them from the evil one. There are three adorations. All three are positive and declarative. There are three petitions. Only one has a negative word, not. Lead us not into temptation. Lord, don't let us fall. Unto him who is able to keep us from falling. That's why we're crying out to him in this manner. When you pray that God keeps you from temptation and delivers you from the evil one, you pray a prayer that Jesus prayed. You're stepping into the great gulf stream of God's grace. If God be for us, who can be against us? And then comes the closing salutation of the Lord's Prayer. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. This prayer began with God. It's going to end with God. Picture this. He has a throne. That indicates a kingdom. He has a scepter. That indicates his power or authority. He has a crown. That indicates his glory. You have what is rightfully yours, Lord. You can do what you will with it, and what you do will always be glorious. You're large and in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. And by the way, we know it's forever. This is passing. The earth melts. The seas evaporate. But one day we will sail into a celestial sea where the God of this world is put down, where self is completely dethroned. 
And Lord, we know we're stepping into a place where your train fills the temple and where angelic creatures cry, holy, 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 where we cast our treasures at your feet. But until we get there, we're going to praise you down here. Until we make it there, we will make it through this life praising you now. Until we sail to the other side, we will endure the storms and trials of this life, knowing that ultimately it's all in your hands. Your throne is occupied. Your scepter is sure. Your glory is secure. Our praise, our worship, our adoration, it belongs to you. What do you say when you pray? If you've made it to this point, don't forget the last word. Amen has the final word. Let it be. Our yes, yes, yes is how one translation renders it. It's not just a closing word. It's a final word. Amen. I'm going to trust in God. Amen. I'm going to find my answer in him. Amen. I will focus on him. And remember when you say amen, you're actually calling on the name of the Lord because that's how Jesus identified himself to the Laodicean church, that he is the amen. When you say amen, you're saying, I trust in God. When you call on the great amen, you're calling on the name of Jesus Christ, the one who has the final word, the alpha and the omega. I just have one question for you today. Shall we pray? Shall we pray from the depths of our soul? I hope so, because now you know what to say when you pray. Thank you for sharing a daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way. Until we meet again.